Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Hey, hey, friends. In today's episode, I asked my friend Marshawn Evans-Daniels to join me in a conversation about all things nixing negative self-talk, living out our purpose, walking as the women we want to be and the women we're becoming, and even how to turn a bad breakup into a breakthrough. I am so excited for you to get to hear from Marshawn, but before I do that, let me tell you a little bit about her so you know who you're hearing from for the next 45 minutes or so. Marshawn Evans-Daniels is a reinvention strategist mentoring women around the world to live bolder in the areas of faith and business. As a serial entrepreneur, TV personality, creator of the Godfidence movement, and founder of She Profits, she helps women turn ideas into income and faith into action. A former Miss America finalist, pro sports attorney, and competitor on The Apprentice, she left a high-powered law firm and turned her passion for people into a multi-million dollar enterprise. She is a member of the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority, a graduate of the Georgetown University Law Center, and is admitted to the Supreme Court. No big deal, right? (laughs) Marshawn is passionate about purpose, futuristic thinking, manifestation, entrepreneurship, and traveling the globe with her husband, Jack. You can learn more about Marshawn at Marshawn.com. And now, guess what? You get to hear from this boss babe, this amazing woman who is impacting women all over the world, and I know she's going to impact you. Let's dive in. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, friends, I am so excited to introduce you to my friend Marshawn today. Marshawn is someone that I met a few months ago at a conference, and immediately she stood out to me. I love her zest, her passion, her energy, just her entire perspective on life, and just the way that she really um, challenged me in the few conversations that we got to have, and we've just gotten to know each other more and more, and so I'm really excited to introduce you to her today. Marshawn, welcome to the She Podcast, my friend. Thank you for having me, and congratulations on such a successful launch and showing. Not surprised, but still want to congratulate you. (laughs) Thank you, friend. Um, Can you tell everyone just a bit about your background? I would love for them to hear it from you. Well, today I go by the title of Reinvention Strategist, and I help women to upgrade their income and their influence while also upgrading their walk with God at the same time. I believe that when you grow in your faith walk, Um, Everything else has the opportunity to elevate and to rise above, but often women of faith are not encouraged to be 
successful in massive ways, and there's this conflict in that space. And so I um, have built a, a multi-million dollar enterprise. I've lost it all. I'm sure we'll talk about that. <laughs> and <laughs> built it back up, and today I help women to do the same thing. Um, we have a similar connection between the two of us. My, my women's initiative is called She Profits. Hmm. And um, it's based off of Proverbs thirty one eighteen, which says she makes sure her dealings are profitable, and so that's kind of um, that's kind of what I do. I love working not only with women, but I get to work with big corporations and mass market media, and I love mentoring women to be really discipling them in their ambition. I love um, that. That's 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 me right now. You are kicking butt, girl. Can you tell me a little bit, um, how did you get into that? First of all, I love that you basically created your own job title, Reinvention Strategist. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but can you tell me and tell the listeners a little bit about how did you get involved in doing this? What started your passion or what um, kind of got you into this space? Well, I've been a speaker for a really long time. Um, I think this sounds odd for me to say almost as long as you've been alive <laughs> because I got started um, 24 years ago, approximately, or 20-something years. I, 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 I'm still wrestling with the idea that I'll be 40 next year. It's, it's, a, it's a thing. Like it's, it's, I Let can't me give a disclaimer happening. to anyone who's ever seen or interacted with Marshawn. You would never even guess that. <laughs> Oh my gosh! But so anyway, I got started as a teenager in terms of speaking. I was competing in the Miss Miss America system and the Miss Tex- Teen Texas pageant in Miss Texas. I ended up going to Miss America as Miss District of Columbia, um, and I always was really very engaged in speaking life into people, whether it was speaking to kids in daycares, elementary schools, speaking to people at nursing homes, and all of this I used to do at least seven to eight. 70 to 85 talks a year for free as I was growing up, but I really started working on my skill. Now, mind you, I know this sounds different, but there was no internet. So (laughs) I remember the days. (laughs) (laughs) There was no internet. Um, Not even like there was no, there was just no internet. There was no dial up. Um, There was no internet. Got it. (laughs) There was not, dial up was later. There still was not even dial up. (laughs) I love it. Um, and so when I, I, made, I mentioned that because now we see a more a, a, a landscape where we have women who are speakers, and but my model was Les Brown and Zig Ziglar and Tony Robbins because that's all there was. Hmm. And there was not this idea of being a woman of faith and speaking other than maybe like a Joyce Myers or mm-hmm. you had to be heavy ministry. So there was nothing in between. Hmm. And one of the things that being in a Miss America system provided for me was what we call a platform in the in the pageantry world is about an issue that you champion. And so my platform issue was youth crime prevention through leadership development. And it wasn't just for pageantry. I was so involved. I started working with the U.S. Justice Department when I was 16 um, and speaking at national conferences, traveling, putting together these government-funded initiatives that help kids and help young people. And so I started to develop this reputation as a change agent in the space of youth justice, Hmm. and that put me in all of these really high-profile government positions. I was appointed by George Bush when he was governor of Texas when I was 19. Um, So I was on this helping people thing since I was really young. Um, As I, when I competed at Miss America, and after I ended up winning, being third runner-up, 
I won talent and interview and about $80,000 in academic scholarships. Wow. But when it was over, I was like, well, what do I do now with my life? <laughs> because mm-hmm. for so long, for seven years, uh, that was the journey. Was, that was the dream. That was the journey. And I know that you have, you know, you're, you've been in the professional sports world. And it's kind of like when an athlete's career is over, you're like, well, what next? Yep. Who Absolutely. am I without goal? And I didn't realize how much this, the striving to, you know, I was going to be the attorney general of the United States. I thought I was going to be a juvenile court judge. And, um, I was my, all I could see was this platform world in my head. And when it was over, it really caused me to evaluate who do I really want to be? What do I really want to do? And I said, I want to be a speaker. I want to continue to speak life into people. And so, um, I think my path was a little different in that. And which is why I'm so excited about your journey is I feel like you got an early start as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the awakening doesn't have to take a long time. For me, what was my awakening, even as a teenager, was realizing I grew up, I'm an African-American woman. I grew up in the suburbs of North Texas, which felt like integration because a lot of my teachers hadn't had black kids in their Hmm. classroom ever. And so, um, you know, for me, when I realized that there were kids who didn't have great food, didn't have great environments, that were dealing with gunfire and um, gangs, I didn't have that. That was not my reality. I'm, I'm as suburban as they get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 and, um, sheltered in many ways, but it bothered it. It troubled my spirit to the point where it felt like, well, shouldn't we all be making sure that these other kids have the opportunities that we have? Mm-hmm. And that was just my, it just, it's always been this advocacy. And I think that's why I ended up going into law mm. and, um, I'll fast forward to tell you, I, so I, I go to, when I come back from Miss America, I decide to use my scholarship money to go to law school. That's, I got money from Miss America, also um, all academic scholarships. I went to Georgetown without taking out any loans, which was really important to me because um, my parents said, you're on your own with this. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want me to go to go to that school. And I was like, well, God, I really felt he, him leading me to go to the school where I had no scholarship money. Hmm. And let me also say for the ladies, a lot of times God calls us to do things and people don't understand. They just won't and never will understand. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they didn't want me to go to law school. They just wanted me to go to law school where I had a full scholarship. Right. And Georgetown hadn't given me any money. Now, this is prior to me doing this America when I accepted. I said, I felt the Holy Spirit say so you're going to Georgetown. So I accept that and accept admission before I go to Miss America, not knowing that I would get an additional, that year I got $52,000 to go. And then I had my Harriet Truman scholarship. And then I was paying my way through law school. Now we would call it coaching. I was working with Miss America, Miss USA contestants and politicians on public speaking. And so I paid my way through law school. 100% 100% debt-free. I remember when I wrote my check the last day to the admissions office, and I was like, God, we did this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I had no... And that's that's faith. And so, um, you know, getting into reinvention, helping women, helping people, um, you know, that kind of came a little bit later, but I tell people my journey was a little different because I got started as... It's all I've really known. Everything else has been... For any other dabbles into something else, speaking has been the thing I've done the longest in my life. I love your story. I just think it's so interesting and fascinating. And I feel like there's so much more to it that you didn't even go into. Um, But 
Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. And you recently wrote a book called Believe Bigger. And in that book, you talk about so much of this. I was looking over all the different things that this book covers, yet still all go together and really do fulfill this um, this journey and this intention and this purpose of being a reinvention strategist in women's lives, helping them reinvent maybe some broken mindsets or some um, difficult things. And I remember I was looking at all the different material in here and I'm like, oh my gosh, can we talk about all of it, please? Women need to hear (laughs) everything in here. But can you tell me a little bit about the heart behind the book, Believe Bigger? And then specifically today, I just want to dive into two topics that you tackle in that book that I think are so important for us to talk about, which is nixing negative self-talk and breaking through or how a breakup or something like that, a rejection can really become a breakthrough. So tell me a little bit about the book and then we'll segue into this concept of negative self-talk. Yeah, everything anybody's favorite topic to talk about what I call head trash, right? (laughs) Um, So I wrote Believe Bigger because I wanted to tell the truth around what stepping into your purpose really looks like. And I know we have a shared passion also around purpose and wanting to really shake up the traditional notions of what it is, what it means, how you step into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up, when I came out of my... um, I started at my law firm. I'll do like, I'll try to do this in like 30 seconds. So I graduate from law school. Uh, actually, right prior to graduation, I ended up doing a show called The Apprentice. Um, a huge show. I'm thinking it was 13 years ago. That means you were still probably in middle school, which just totally, again, messes me up. Um, <laughs> I love that I we do have such, such different seasons of life, but we have such an awesome friendship. I think that's the coolest thing about yes. it. Yes. I feel like you're still you're you're totally my sister whether you want to be or not. I, I always text you and call you little sis. But <laughs> I love it. I um so I was on the apprentice. I was on ten out of the thirteen weeks. Um that was an amazing experience. I ended up starting at my law firm. Uh, I do that for about a year and a half. I end up leaving to start my own sports agency representing NFL and NBA players. So I basically retired from the formal practice of law at twenty seven. Everyone's telling me I'm throwing my law degree away that you know, I don't have enough experience. My firm said I couldn't do this. And I go out, I start my own agency. I find the highest paid defensive end in the NFL. Hmm. He just signed a $62 million seven-year deal. He's my first client. Wow. And there's a whole faith story I talk about in Believe Bigger about even, you know, making the leap, not listening, talking about negative self-talk. Sometimes the talk comes from other people with yeah. other people saying, you're throwing this away, you're making, you're, you're ruining your life. And usually if you're on a faith journey and you don't hear negative self-talk, then you're really not walking in faith because faith is elevating above what you see, what other people say, mm-hmm. and what you have experienced. And so um, I leave, I started the sports agency. It grows. It becomes the fastest-growing woman-owned sports agency in less than a year. And I'm signing my first corporate client was Rolls-Royce and then Tiffany and Company. And I'm doing endorsement deals with Nike and um, ESPN and Sports Illustrated. And get, I, I'm, I've taught myself media now. Mm. Um, you know, a few weeks prior, I was sitting at a law firm and <laughs> – a few weeks later, I am negotiating endorsement deals and scheduling private planes for Allen Iverson and all of these superstars, and my clients call, are calling me the general. Okay, Looking hang on, hang on. Six, I just need yeah. to say this because it's in my brain. What the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah. How you? That's the thing. Okay. Okay. Keep going. I just I'm sitting here. My mouth is old. like open. Yeah. But I love. That. I'm always amazed that that happened because it was a. Um, it was one of those things when I can look back now and say, "Wow, that was that was not only so God, but it's like when I say we did this together." Because a lot of times people like to put it all on God, as though He doesn't require your participation. Yes. Um, and showing up. And the way I even got into sports is a sports agent. I met a sports agent at an airport by accident. I missed my flight, and he asked me what I did, and I didn't know he was an agent. I just said, "Hey, I work with professional athletes, NFL and NBA." And Miss America, Miss USA contestants and politicians. And he says, I could use your services. And I said, what do you do? He says, I'm a sports agent. Hmm. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Now, mind you, I had never worked with a client at the time yet at all. Okay. And I spoke it and said, this is what I do, even mm-hmm. though I, it was what I was wor- wanting to do and working on. And I learned so much about the power of your words. We talk about negative self-talk and all that. So, after the sports agency, uh, I was running the sports agency, and I ended up meeting this guy. And um, all head over heels in love. He's a successful businessman. He is a retired professional. He'd been retired like eight years. I like to qualify that because I never dated a client ever. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Keeping it clean. <laughs> really clear about that. Never dated a client, but he had been retired eight years. He had three kids. He was going through a divorce. I thought he was actually divorced, but the rest of that details in the book. I didn't know he was going through a divorce. And um, we were getting married. He he proposes, and um, I'm excited, so so passionate about this idea of being more than a resume. Finally, mm-hmm. like someone sees me as a woman, not just the apprentice, not just CNN, not just and and I had a book out at the time called Skirts in the Boardroom that was published by Wiley. And they're the largest business book publisher in the country. So I had all of these check marks and successes, you know, starting as a teenager, being an overachiever, traveling around the country, really around the world, lots of mainstream media as a teenager, and then Mm -hmm. in my 20s. And so I find someone who doesn't just see me as um, an asset in terms of, oh, she's good to be around, or she's successful, or she's impressive, Mm -hmm. or she's very articulate, all of that stuff that I hear. And I see someone who sees me for me and then having his kids call me mom. Hmm. Like that changed changed my inner world big time. So I closed down my sports agency and I um, get ready to move my life from Atlanta to Chicago to become a mom and a bride and start my new life. And he said, you know what, let me take care of you. Um, Not only do I close the sports agency down, I close my whole life down. Hmm. And... um, even um, he had bought this car for me that was very, I was very resistant to let someone else take care of me or to do something like that. But I was like, that's what you do, right? When you're surrendered, mm-hmm. when you're not going to be this ambitious, um, independent woman and you're learning how to become a wife. And so I let everything, all my guards down, let everything go. And I find out on Monday before a Saturday wedding in October, mm-hmm. he's on his way to Atlanta and I find out that he's cheating on me while he's on the plane and I'm getting ready to go pick him up from the airport, uh, for wedding week. How did you find this out? So that is chapter one. Okay. 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 (laughs) I'll let the ladies, uh, grab it because I do go into that pretty much right away. What that was like that morning, Hmm. um, finding out and then who the woman was 
and um, it was just devastating. Yeah. And that is that was the beginning to really go back to your very first question of how I got into this coaching space is because my life was truly fully stripped away. Um, and there's some, infidelity is a really difficult thing because it's one thing when um, you fall, but it's another person, another thing when the person who is supposed to catch you mm-hmm. is the very person who dropped you. Mm-hmm. And so then the doubts start coming in. First of all, I'm like, I feel like a fool. Um, one, how did I not see this? How did I not know this? I'm a lawyer. I'm Georgetown trained. I've, you know, I'm, 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 I'm me. Right. Right. This doesn't happen to a girl like me. Plus, I love God. I know God. God's covered me. These kinds of things don't happen to a girl mm. like me. I waited to have sex until I got married. So we're 29, almost 30 years. I've waited. This is not supposed to be my reward. Mm. This is not how this is supposed to go down. Um, and I feel like maybe my intuition doesn't work. Maybe I'm not as loved by God as I think. All of these thoughts start coming in when betrayal um, bulldozes our doorstep. And then it's, well, am I smart? Um, am I worthy? Am I beautiful? Was I not good enough? Like all of this stuff starts coming in and I, and I call that head trash. It starts piling up Mm -hmm. and it starts to take away our trust in ourselves, our trust in God, our trust in people. We become anxious. I, I mean, I was thinking like, I need to go to the gun range. I need to become uh, not to shoot anybody, but I'm just telling you, I talk about when you become distrustful, I'm thinking, is someone going to break into my house? Mm. Like it was a level of distrust all around me. Cause I'm like, I didn't see this coming. And this is someone I was about to give my body to my life to my, my, I put my whole trust here and he let me down. Mm-hmm. I can't trust anybody. And I don't know what I don't know. So I need to guard my whole life. Mm-hmm. You almost go into self-protection mode. All the time. Yeah. All the time. So one of the big things that I did was I put myself in counseling. Hmm. Within a couple of weeks after the wedding was called off, I talked to one of my spiritual advisors who's actually supposed to marry us, and I was like, this is too much. I, it was so dramatic. I mean, people was, people had tickets from all around the world who were coming in over-the-top wedding, and I'm like, I knew enough to know that my life was not my own and that my life mattered to God and that there was a bigger message here. Mm-hmm. And um, I talk and believe bigger about how I was leaning up against this luxury vehicle that he bought me and now I can't afford. And I had a conversation. Um, all these people who had still come in town were getting ready to leave. Instead of a rehearsal dinner, we had a I Love Marshawn dinner. Oh. And um, I asked God, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. I just happened to me because it's me, God. And it wasn't like a woe is me. It was like, I need to hear something and I need to know it now because all these people are about to leave and it's just about to be silent and heavy singleness. Uh (laughs) And he said, you're going to be able to change the lives of women like never before. Hmm. And first I was like, couldn't you have just sent me a memo? (laughs) Couldn't you have given (laughs) me a warning sign prior to this? Yes. Something. And uh, he he was, but I couldn't see it. And that's mm-hmm. what I recognized is that what I, I talk about in Chapter 2 of Believe Bigger, these things called split rock moments. And um, they come into our lives to split us open so that new life can emerge through. And I wasn't able to see what I wasn't capable of believing yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just about him, about myself. Right. I didn't know that I was addicted to success, 
because I thought that's what it meant to live a life that was honoring to God, was to showcase, here's what we did, God, we did this. Mm. And to encourage others, it wasn't that that was bad, but he was saying that there was more. Right. And it wasn't about achieving more. It was about becoming more. And it was the beginning of my shift from success into significance. But it was at the rock bottom place of dealing with depression, being at a counselor's office some days twice a week, um, getting up and having to put the mask on and go sit in the chair at ESPN to talk about Tiger Woods cheating on his wife a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Wow. That I was like, I'm staring at the ceiling wondering how could my life now, and mind you, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills because right. I've closed everything down. Right. I have no way, and I don't have the emotional capacity to go and market and get clients again. And it's a mess. It's a rock bottom, crappy mess. Mm-hmm. Rock and, bottom, um, crappy mess. I bet we have a lot the, of listeners right now feeling like I am sitting in rock bottom, crappy mess. <laughs> but that's such a good, I love the way you describe that because that's what it is. And I think we sometimes, at least in our, maybe you experience this, like you said, I got a pull it together and talk about this mm-hmm. on air, mind you. But I think even if someone's not sitting on ESPN like you were, they might be sitting in an, in an interview. They might be sitting yeah. in front of family, whatever it is. And it's like this, I got to be on and this pressure and, and the inside, you're just swirling, you know? I mean, no matter yes. whether, whether it's a breakup, a friendship breakup, some other kind of rejection, being completely mm-hmm. betrayed. And I think that can feel like this is the end. And I have to constantly wear this mask. Yeah, because if I let people see it, then they'll know that I'm weak, and then they'll judge me, and then it'll create mm-hmm. another spiral of more issues and more problems. And women, we're already called crazy. We're already called emotional. Mm-hmm. And and so we're trying to counterbalance other people's negative impressions upon us. And, and so many of us, we just play hurt. Yeah. You know, we play wounded day in and day out. And I knew that I didn't want that life. Um, I knew enough because I had been in front of people for so long that I needed to be okay in order to to do what I felt my life was about, to mm-hmm. be able to be show up for that part of the game. <laughs> to make it. And, you know, and I couldn't play hurt anymore because this one was one of those things that it felt like a stretcher was taking me off. It wasn't like, okay, I'll go back in. Mm. I'll go back in. No, I'll lie. I'll tell you that I'm feeling good and I'll play hurt. Mm-mm, couldn't do it. Mm. And... Uh, there was. I'm grateful for enough grace. Um, I talk about also in Believe Bigger this oak tree that grew up inside of me. The moment I heard this information, and uh, when I do call the woman, and what that conversation was like, and when I confronted him, and there was this piece, this oak tree, and it, it turned into a weeping willow for a while. Hmm. But it doesn't mean that the oak wasn't still there. And, um, I knew I needed to be okay. So I put myself in counseling and I started on this journey of trying to figure out Well, I first wanted to grow closer with God. And it's a shame, honestly, that sometimes it takes matters of the heart, bring us to our knees in ways that other types of disappointments just don't. Mm -hmm. I believe that the enemy knows this and comes after our heart, um, and in such a way that causes us to doubt every... Why wouldn't he want us to doubt everything about ourselves? Mm -hmm. Do we matter? Are we beautiful? Are we worthy? Now, disappointment in our career, in our job, in professional stuff, in business, uh, even with friendships, other relationships, all of those things can sting. But there's nothing like 
a surrendered heart, a woman who's put her heart in the hands of another man, and that gets crushed. Mm-hmm. That causes us to step out of our role that I, I believe is our role as a warrior princess. Mm-hmm. That will take us out of that space and into a place of doubt and, and a lacking self-worth. And if that happens, then we're right where the enemy needs us. And um, because the longer we doubt our significance, that's when we begin to settle. We settle mm-hmm. for faith and we'll even settle for success. Success and significance are not the same thing. Um, if safety keeps you out of having a greater impact in life or even success, titles, I call these titles, I talk about five success mountains in Believe Bigger. And these titles that we wear as mom, as wife, as um, boss lady, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> um, all of these things become these idols that actually keep us from understanding our greater dimension of our superpowers. Mm. And so, but the negative self-talk, those things that I call it in um, chapter three is actually titled Think and Shrink and Thinking. Wait, and you got to say that again. You got to say that again. I want them I to catch it. without tongue twisting. <laughs> <laughs> stinking, shrinking, thinking. Stinking, shrinking, thinking. Is that what you said? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Explain that. <laughs> yeah. Stinking, shrinking, thinking. And so, um, you know, I think that all of us don't, we all know that we have this little whisper that keeps coming back and talks to us about who do you think you are? You're not good enough. Um, it's that voice of doubt. Now I call that voice little me, hmm. little me. And in working in our coaching programs, all I have to do to call out somebody's stuff is I say, that's little me. And they know it. We do so many teachings within our business programs around peak performance that people know what I mean when I say that's your little me. They check themselves like, oh, crap, there I go again. Mm-hmm. Self-sabotaging. Now, I don't think everything is the, every issue that we have is not the result of the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. I do believe that there is resistance that is against our life to prevent us from stepping up higher Mm -hmm. because we matter Mm -hmm. because the woman's under the sound of my voice because you matter. Mm -hmm. But some of it is just the way that you have learned to think small. It's the way that you have conditioned yourself to operate in a place of worry, hesitation, procrastination, and self-doubt. Right. And little me is the feeds upon all of that head trash and has become your constant companion and it's familiar. And we often fight to maintain little me's existence when we make excuses for why we can't move forward. Mm-hmm. You know, I love and that so you little me is that little have... whisper, that little voice, that obnoxious roommate in our head that we all have. Yeah. Thank you to Lola for sponsoring this episode. Lola is a female-founded company offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. The founders started their company with a simple and seemingly obvious idea. Women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. They asked themselves, if we care about the ingredients in the food we eat and the beauty products we use, why shouldn't the same be true of our feminine care products? Amen. Unlike the major brands, Lola products are 100% natural and easy to feel good about. No BS, mystery fibers, or doubts about what's going into your body. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. 
Lobo will deliver exactly what you need, exactly when you need it. The FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them don't. Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and more. Major brands use a mix of synthetic ingredients in their products, including rayon and polyester. Their feminine care products may also be treated with harsh chemicals, cleansing agents, fragrance, and dyes. Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. This is a company founded by women for women. It makes your month just a little bit easier too. Their subscription is fully customizable so you can choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible as well. You can change, skip, or cancel it at any time. Personally, my mom recently called me and she was like, Jay, you should probably really be using organic products. And so I went to the store and I actually had a hard time finding some stuff. And so when I heard about Lola, I was like, oh, I definitely have to look into this. And I really love the convenience of it because it's not that easy to find. The majority of brands out there don't offer 100% natural organic products, even in feminine care. So if this is something that you're interested in checking out and you agree that you would love to have a healthier alternative to what's out there in the, in the major mainstream market, go to mylola.com and get 40% off of any subscription by using the promo code SHE. Just go to mylola.com and enter the promo code SHE. Woo! Go organic tampons. <laughs> Thank you to StoryWorth for sponsoring today's episode. StoryWorth makes it easy for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts, questions you've never even thought to ask. Here's how it works. You purchase a subscription for someone you love, and each week, StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They simply reply to this email with their story or can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All stories are private and only shared with family you choose. After a year, their stories will be bound into a beautiful keepsake book. This is a great way to learn about your relatives because the questions often elicit entertaining, surprising, and sometimes moving responses. It's a whole year of weekly story prompts that are bound into a hardcover printed book. And what I love is that it makes a great gift for the holidays for your loved ones who really enjoy telling stories. This is a gift that I want to give my grandparents in the coming year because I really want to preserve those family memories while I can. I think it'll be such a special thing. If you are interested in trying out StoryWorth and would like $20 off, go to storyworth.com slash she when you subscribe. Again, for $20 off, go to storyworth.com slash she when you subscribe and try it out today. I love that you highlight um, that we have responsibility in this. Um, like, I, I sometimes get so frustrated because I think sometimes we can be so quick to either completely blame others or completely blame the enemy, right? Or whoever else. And I think true, yes, it can certainly, uh, to a degree, it can certainly come from others. And to a degree, it can certainly come from the enemy, right? And beyond that, 
I think sometimes in that we can be so quick to choose these two avenues and say it's that person's fault or that guy's fault instead of, wait a second though, I got to take some responsibility for how have I allowed this to exist? How have I fed this? Or like you said, make excuses or whatever. Um, We can be so quick to pass blame, you know? And while I think that to some degree (laughs) makes sense, there's this element of, sister, you got to take some responsibility for what now you're calling little me, which I love that. I love that you're calling Which is why I use the word me in there. Like, Mm -hmm. it's easy to say, oh, it's the enemy. Oh, it's the cat. Oh, it's him. Oh, it's her fault. Oh, it's my parents. Oh, it's my environment. It's all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I got tired of working with people as I, as I, as I figured out how to reinvent my own life um, by investing in myself, looking at investing in women and I had a deep distrust of women. So God's saying, you're going to change the lives of women like never before. And I'm like, I don't really like women. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> especially after that first experience. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Especially after that. And a lot of bad mean girl experiences growing up as the only black girl in my grade half mm-hmm. the time. Um, and I was like, that's, there's no way I'm going that direction, Lord. And a mm-hmm. lot of times the reason we can't find our purpose is because it's hidden behind a place of pain. It's where we don't, we, we vowed that we will never go. Yep. And, um, and I started working on myself through counseling. I read 12, like maybe 13 books. I took time off. And what was amazing, people said, well, how did you take time off if you didn't have to pay your bills? I said, all those seeds I had planted years before as a speaker, speaking engagements started coming out of nowhere. Hmm. Didn't ask for them, and he provided. He told me to rest, and I committed to that. And then the provision came. Like, that is a constant. That's the same thing that happened with with my going to, to, to go to Georgetown. He's like, say yes, then I'll provide. Hmm. Not provide, then you say yes. There's no faith in that. Right. And so he started, like, these speaking engagements came through, and I was standing on stage at a women's conference, and it was the first time. I, I didn't even, I remember going upstairs before, like, 10 minutes before my talk, and I'm, like, about to have a breakdown because this is still just a few months. I, I can't tell you why I was crying. It could have been the color pink. Anything <laughs> made me cry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would remind me about the wedding and just the state of my life and, you know, just mm. deal the whole back and forth with him and, I went up and I was just in tears and I'm like, I got to get it together. Give me some visine. Give me some eye drops. I go back down on stage and I said something I'd never said before, which is that my goal isn't to change who you are. It's to help you change what you do Hmm. so you can be who you are. Hmm. And I talked about reinvention for the first time. And I got at the airport. One of my girlfriends was traveling as well. She was speaking. And I said, Val, I think I'm going to talk about, helping women reinvent their lives. Wow. And I remember her looking at me, partly she's like, well, that's a really good idea. (laughs) And I'm grateful for that. But I didn't go and ask for confirmation. And a lot of times when we get an idea for something, when our heart's been hurt, we don't trust it. And we want to go Google search it and analyze it and all of this stuff. And it was not really Facebook and there wasn't really Twitter. I know I feel a little old again saying all this. (laughs) I didn't have as much distraction from the idea. And this is, I think, really key to understand that a lot of times God gives us exactly what he wants from us, but it's a moment. I call them lightning bolt moments in Belief Bigger. Mm. And it's going to come very subtly and softly. And we think that God is more of a constant affirmer. Mm. Sometimes he just speaks one time to trust. See, do you really trust my voice? And mm. do you know what I sound like? Mm-hmm. And Not that needing was the, the affirmations becoming, and opinions of literally everyone else. 
Yes, because then those become the new addictions. Right. Those become the new addictions versus the trust and the trust in the revelation. And that's when I got into doing reinvention. So as I started to rebuild my life, I started rebuilding my life happened as I committed to helping other people rebuild theirs. Mm-hmm. I had a seminar, a business seminar, um, because people were during the sabbatical time, wasn't a chosen sabbatical. It was, I was split rocked into it, but people kept wanting to take me to Starbucks. Um, to ask <laughs> well, how what I got more all these could you want? <laughs> what more could I want? Right. <laughs> and they wanted to know, how did I, um, get these endorsement deals with these athletes? Mm-hmm. And how did I get my, because then I'm doing, I'm also doing TV commentary at this time for CNN and ESPN regularly. And CNN had said she's mastered the art of personal branding. And I had never thought about it. I was just doing what came natural. Mm-hmm. So people kept asking me, I said, I'm just going to have a seminar. I'm going to call it Me University, the Ultimate Business and Branding Bootcamp. Mm-hmm. And um, I got HP to be one of my first sponsors. I write about that in the book also, about that faith leap of, 10 months of pursuing them. Wow. <laughs> and um, I charge $1,500, $1,497 exactly for each person to attend. Mm-hmm. Didn't get as many people as I wanted. I had 35 people show up. And that grew to become um, an event that now does seven figures in a couple of hours over the course of three days. Wow. And working with women of faith, I didn't plan to work with women of faith. That's another thing he tricked me into again. Um, <laughs> tricked. Sometimes that happens. We do get tricked into things we didn't even plan on. Because we think the thing that God gives us to do, we always think we're not good enough to do it. Mm-hmm. True. We just think we're not good enough to do it. And when I started feeling, I had a lightning bolt moment where I felt God was saying, you're going to work with women to help them be successful in business. Now, there was no girl boss movement yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was very foreign, and I knew it was God, so I was like, wait a minute. This sounds, if it's from you, Lord, that must mean I need to go to seminary. Mm. Interesting. So then I'm looking at seminary programs, and how do I do this? And then I go to my church, and I'm like, well, how can I be involved with more of the ministry stuff? And they wanted to put me in the business ministry. I'm like, I know how to do that stuff. How do I learn more about how to pray for people at the altar? How do I learn more about laying hands on the sick? That's what I wanted to learn more of the ministry side. So my mind went into this thing of, well, if it's ministry, I'm not ready yet. I'm mm. not good enough yet. And so I thought, I'll just do a business seminar. And I'll make my my women in business that are women of faith, I'll make that a ministry. I was going to start this thing called Marketplace Women. Hmm. And the T was a cross. <laughs> I had it all there you go. drawn out, everything. And when I say he tricked me, he just got me in not knowing what was about to happen. That I started with business and... The first year I was even nervous. I don't even know if I said, a, I was nervous about, can I even say a motivational word or do I just need to get right down to brass tacks right away? Mm-hmm. And to go from that to then having not only prayer at our events, but seeing the Holy Spirit break out, having um, um, people get prayed for, us having praise and worship, and us doing um, talking about business, branding, marketing, and sales, and still having our corporate partners involved in all of that, I never would have plan this, and I would have been like, this does not happen, this yeah. does not work, yeah. this is not even possible. So that's what I mean by he tricked me. And to go from being stuck to building a multiple seven-figure business, to go from being broke and heartbroken to just changing people's lives mm-hmm. and um, 
living in my dream house and now being married to an amazing man who's become my purpose partner in this work. Mm. Um, you know, I didn't see that. And so when you talk about negative self-talk, um, to believe bigger means to believe beyond what you're going through. Mm. That's where belief really anchors. And this is where you are truly transformed by the renewing of your mind. I say in Believe Bigger also that every life shift begins with a mind shift. Mm, I love that. And I think that's so true. It starts at the, it starts in, with perspective. That's one big thing that I've been writing about and thinking through a lot, just how often mm-hmm. we have a warped perspective of what we're actually saying, right? So mm. even just something that has been put on my heart that make, made its way into my book on purpose, which I love that we both write and talk about this, um, is even just sometimes, not that it's a bad phrase, but I think sometimes because of when we say things like find my purpose, I think mm-hmm. the reason I, I hesitate with that phrase and that I've had to create a mind shift for myself is that because for so long, I believed this lie that it was lost. And I think mm-hmm. we have to kind of go, hold on, we might lose our vision of it. We might lose our, our understanding of it, but we actually embody it because it was something given to us at birth, before birth, right? That has been dreamed up for us Absolutely. since the beginning of time. And so I think if we can take a different perspective, that's going to change how we're going to see these barriers that pop up in life, whether that's losing everything, going through a rejection, struggling with something as you know common yet sometimes debilitating as perfectionism or whatever it is, these barriers that pop up and almost begin to um, look like dead ends, right? And we begin to think, oh my gosh, my purpose is out there somewhere, but I'm I'm stuck behind this big barrier. And like you said, the life shift begins with a mindset shift. And so the mindset shift that begins, at least that I've talked a lot about and that I've, you know, thought a lot about is that actually begins with starting to say purpose lives in me. Now I get mm-hmm. to discover how I live it out. Not it's out there somewhere and I got to catch it, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for your book to come out. I think that it'll be cool for us to see how we can do kind of complementing perspectives because mm-hmm. there's it's such a it's the it's the most important thing but the least taught. Yes, and it's like, <laughs> and, exactly. and what we've been taught, I think we've been mistaught. Mm-hmm. I fully agree. Very limited thinking. Because I don't think of purpose as um, what you do. I think of it as who you are, and yep. you bring your purpose to what you do. Yep. It's more personality-based in that there's a difference between um, purpose and calling. And Absolutely. more so assignment. Absolutely. And um, that's why you and I, born in different years, but probably on the same assembly line. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, but I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, you know, one other thing I want you to share a little bit on is you've talked about little me, but I know that you also talk about future me. And can you explain what, who is future me? What is future me compared to little me? And why does it matter? Yeah. So future me is the voice of faith. If little me is the voice of fear, hesitation, worry, felt doubt, self-doubt, little me's goal in life and whole existence is to keep you small and in a place of self-doubt. Doubt takes us just out of reach of destiny. Mm. But faith is the thing that pulls us forward. It operates in the realm of the unseen, and future me's entire objective is to help you step into the future that's already been prepared for you, your particular promised land. And it will take faith steps, faith leads, believing bigger than what you see. I talk a lot about operating in the realm of the unseen Mm. um, and how that is how we co-create and enter into what others have never seen. When the Bible says that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard, 
Well, that is saying that there's something available that has not yet been experienced. And future me is future me has the whole picture and mm-hmm. is trying to give you messages and nudges and inclinations. Now, how does that come about? It comes about via um, these lightning bolt moments that I've talked about where he'll give you just a glimpse of something and you can either doubt it mm-hmm. or you can uh, make a decision in the direction of it. Mm-hmm. You can overthink it. You can hesitate with it. You can choke it and suffocate it really by uh, trying to control it or step into it. Mm. It comes with ideas. It comes with new people who walk into your life. Um, I believe that people come into your life to show you who you can be and that that's how God uses people. And that's why um, the disciples, I believe, were in a place where they were asking for more else Christ wouldn't have showed up in their lives. They just Mm. didn't expect that to be what showed up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who knows? They were workers. So they were probably saying, I want more for my family or I want there's got to be more to life than this, God. I believe they were in the middle of having this this immaculate question of who am I and why am I here? Mm-hmm. And then Christ shows up and said, hey, you want to roll with me? Yeah. Pretty much. Want to hang? You're not going to have a lot of time? And that's what I'm saying. What if we don't have a lot of time? They didn't get to go Google search it. They didn't need to go ask for confirmation for uh-huh. somebody else. They had to recognize something in the moment. And... um I don't replace little me for the enemy, and I don't replace future me for the Holy Spirit. But I do believe, like you said, in personal responsibility. That's why I use the phrase me at the end. Mm -hmm. Is it the small part of me that is going to choose to see this in a way that keeps me out of the higher level of living? Or am I going to decide, maybe not how I'm comfortable, and maybe not what even makes sense. I always say that little me uses rational lies, well, rationalized thing, but if you break the word rationalized down, it's rational lies. Hmm. And we're so methodical and technical and, 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 and we call it being operating in excellence and diligence, but it's really just a subtle form of fear. Hmm. And so future me calls you to do the things that you wouldn't, even if it's forgiving somebody. Yeah. Future me, it's not always about, you know, the next level of awkwardness. So much of the, I wrote this book. Also, I choose not to write a book solely about business because I said I wanted to write the truth. What does it look like to step into your purpose? How is it? And 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 I write about these five stages called the purpose map. Most people will never make it out of stage two, and mm-hmm. there will be ugly parts. And if your life is all about avoiding the ugly parts, you will never step into the incredible. Mm-hmm. Future me will come and meet you and will help you to get out of your split rock or out of your whatever crappy rock bottom, whatever we mm-hmm. think that, that place was. But future me will also be the person that tells you just to smile at someone if you mm-hmm. don't know how that's going to stop them from committing suicide that day. Absolutely. Future me is connected to the things that make our purpose bloom in other people's lives that we cannot control, but we've learned to operate in alignment with these higher whispers. So the last thing I'll say is the way you decipher between between what state of mind am I really in? And am I making a decision where I'm protecting myself or am I making a decision where I'm pursuing my destiny? Hmm. And God speaks in cans and not in cans. Hmm. He may tell you don't, but he won't tell you you can't. He will never tell us that if something is we're incapable of or that's impossible. Because that would mean if he lives inside of us that he's saying that he's incapable, that mm-hmm. he's not possible, and he and that's just not that those are not the words that would come out because they would not be truthful. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't tell his children who they are not. And we think that that's God. We always say, "Well, God's just working on me because I'm not this, that, that." That's just the enemy, and you've dressed it up as divine language, and it's not. Mm. 
Whoa, girl, so convicted. It's, it's a can <laughs> versus a can't. That's one of the ways that mm-hmm. we can check ourselves to see, wait, am I listening to future me or am I listening to little me right now? Hmm. That's good. That's good. I love that differentiation, that divisive line between the two things. I think that's so uh, convicting, challenging, but so incredibly necessary and applicable. Uh, I can't even speak, right? Applicable is what I meant to say. Um, (laughs) You know, I mean, it's tangible. It's something that we can think through in our mind. We can break down. It's not just this up there concept. It's something that I can take and own and make my own right now. And I think that that's so key. And I hope that anyone listening to this begins to think through it that way and apply it to their lives. You know, I was just going to add this just just earlier today. Some really exciting things are happening that kind of in the same space where you're like, is this real life? I mean, who who am I, right? Negative self-talk comes in, right? You're, who am I that that could happen? I highly doubt that would work out, right? And then these things start to happen and you're like, I don't, in, in your doubt, rather than just saying, cool, you know, comes in. And I remember I was driving in my car this afternoon and I just had this thought, it just dawned on me. And it was kind of like, I just had this little friendly little chat with God and I go, you know, it's kind of cool how you just kind of make a way and I just get to show up and step into it and walk. Like my job is I still have a responsibility. I could sit here and go, "Ah, who am I to, you know, fill in the blank or what am I really doing? Or I've gone through this hard thing recently or so-and-so rejected me or, you know, the way that you could go back to when you were cheated on and say, well, so-and-so didn't want me or they broke up with me. So how could I possibly get this client or step into this role or whatever, you know? And in the same way, that's sometimes my default. I think we can default to sometimes things like distraction or, um, you know, self-doubt or whatever these things are. But in doing that, we miss out on the fun that comes when it's like, cool, I don't necessarily have to make the way. I just have to get off my butt and step into it and just let that happen. And uh-huh. that's the can and can't thing. You know, I can't get off my butt or I can't recover. Hold on. Hang on. Who's talking here? You know, so I, I love that you bring that up. Uh-huh. I think it's uh-huh. so encouraging and empowering and inspiring how you were able to take a breakup and really turn it into over time. You know, I think that's so key to touch on um, that it wasn't like uh-huh. you just had a breakthrough the next day as you're talking about Tiger Woods, like, woo, good glory mm-hmm. moment. You know, no, no, no. It was a slow <laughs> healing, but you kept walking. You kept showing up. You went upstairs and cried those tears and had the moment. And then you got back down on stage and you served those women, you know, even when you didn't really like women, which I think is so real and true. Um, and, and I think that's key is a breakup or any kind of rejection or you know, losing the whole business or, you know, not getting into med school or whatever it is that can feel like the world is ending in our lives, that really can be the, just that divine ground, that like spark that leads to a breakthrough. But it generally has to come with some time and healing so that we're prepared for that breakthrough to happen, right? Uh, One thing about the time, I think one of the things that people say, you know, time heals all wounds. mm -hmm. I think that's one of those phrases that isn't completely false, but it's not completely accurate. True. Um, there's a lot of people, if you don't use the time well, that you just get bitter yeah. and worse and more broken and more distrustful, and it becomes a dungeon that you dig mm-hmm. and put yourself into. Um, I believe it's more so how you use the time and how you become intentional. So when yeah. I say I put myself in counseling, I had an intention of entering into a combination of rest and 
personal development. I wouldn't have called it reinvention now because I didn't know that's what was happening. I didn't think anything needed to be reinvented. Mm-hmm. I had a great life. <laughs> um, I'm on TV. I've got this book out. I'm, I didn't know that, that, that there was more, but it wasn't about going higher. It was about digging deeper. Mm-hmm. And so what I say um, to women who have been through any kind of betrayal is, first of all, believing bigger means to understand that disruption comes into your life and it's the doorway. Mm-hmm. It's not an attack. It's actually an invitation. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is a very difficult thing to believe when your heart is shattered and you feel like, uh, I'll just say crappy. Yeah. A piece of crap. <laughs> you, yeah. We, um, that's real. That's a thing. So when you feel like that, to say, okay, this is the greatest thing that's going to happen to me, you're not going to be able to articulate that with your own might, and that's where it comes to believe bigger. I say and believe bigger to speak what you seek until you see what you said. Speak what and you seek. I, speak what you seek mm-hmm. until you see what you said. Ooh, that's yes. good, girl. It, 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 that's, that's, that's one of the central things of learning how to speak bigger than your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you're speaking life because there's life and death in the power of your tongue. And what most of us do is we talk about the problem mm-hmm. and we repeat the problem and we tell other people about the problem. And then we wear our victimhood mm-hmm. and we um, don't actually end up moving out of a breakthrough or break into breakthrough. We just stay in a broken place yeah. for decades for some people. And I've, wore, I've met, I mean, a lot of my clients are older than me because of, you know, I'm in the premium price point range of, coaching. And, um, because of that, they tend to be a little bit more mature in terms of investment readiness and commitment. Mm -hmm. And I've seen women who haven't gone on dates for 10 years because of something someone did a long time ago and they're waiting on God and says, God's sending me someone and they haven't worked on their distrust, their lack of forgiveness. They're hiding out and calling it waiting on God. Mm. And that's what I want to break in this generation of women is that, we co-participate. Healing, everything is not an instant miraculous moment. Some of it is God wants us to be transformed in our mind. Yeah. So I had to learn how to forgive. I had to learn how to let things go. I had to learn how to let myself go in terms of um, letting go of my striving and perfectionism. And, and that's not, that's still in progress. Mm-hmm. Let's just be very clear. Yep. That is still in progress. But the one thing I learned about forgiveness and I remember when I sat down, not planning to write about forgiveness. I knew it was important, but I don't feel like I'm an expert on it, and I never feel qualified um, to talk about forgiveness. Uh, but what helped me, because a lot of people said, how did you forgive? And I'm like, what made you think I did? And they're like, well, you've moved on. You've got a new husband, and you're not mad at him. And I was like, that's true. Okay, maybe I did forgive. I did. I was, what I had to do was stop focusing on forgiveness. Hmm. I think that's the trap, is we go and we try to forgive, and what we're really doing is analyzing what already happened, and it's just this never-ending cycle. You're like we can't get it out of it. our mind. You know, it's it's almost as yes. if when you're trying to force it, it's not it's false. <laughs> Stop focusing on forgiveness and focus on um, higher vision. Hmm. Who's the woman you want to be? Hmm. How do you want to show up? What do you want? This goes back to the cans versus can'ts. To a certain extent, it's more the do's versus don'ts. So much of our life, we're protecting ourselves of what we don't want, and when you operate like that that lack of little seed of lack of forgiveness and then turns into self-protection and then that becomes a guarded life as opposed to a groomed life. Mm-hmm. And you want to have vision of like, God, who am, 
who is the woman that I want to be? Who's the woman that I will no longer allow myself to be? I won't be the woman who's going to be talking about this guy. But he's now, by the way, engaged to someone else. Mm -hmm. No, 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 not engaged. Straight up married to someone Mm -hmm. else a few months later Mm -hmm. after we just broke up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And... I can't, he's living his life moving forward. He is, I am not hurting him by being mad at him. Mm, so true. I I'm think robbing my future. I think that applies to every interpersonal relationship that we have a fallout uh-huh. with or bitterness against a boss or against a client or a guy or a friend. They move on and we're not hurting or retaliating or somehow making any kind of forward progress by just talking about it. I mean, yeah, you got to talk about it. Like you said, I put myself in counseling. But by being mad at him, you're only hurting you. <laughs> okay, so I feel like you and I could talk for 17 hours. And I mm-hmm. we have. We have had long phone calls. And it's fantastic. And I'm so grateful that my girls get to hear just the wisdom and encouragement and empowerment and inspiration and story that you get to bring to the table. And I, I just cannot wait to hear how many it impacts and how it impacts. Um, so before we wrap up and before we hop off, can you just share a word of encouragement or a challenge or anything that you can leave the listeners with? Yeah, well, I've enjoyed this convo. I'm so excited about your voice and how you are catalysting people into their destinies. I think if I had a final thought, it would be actually a quote from Inside of Believe Bigger, which states that when God breaks what you've built, it's because he's building something better. Hmm. And BIG is an acronym that stands for Built in God. Um, built in greatness, built in goodness. And big is not just about the superficial stuff we can get caught up in social media follows and likes and all of that is proving all of that shallow. Not, not that it's unimportant. It's just not eternally significant. So when he breaks what you've built, it's because he's building something better and bigger in a way that may not make sense, but it will take you into your promised land. And so I just want to encourage every woman to really start thinking about maybe this wasn't something that happened to me. Maybe it's happening for me because of something inside of me Mm -hmm. that's ready to manifest in a higher way. I just want you to know I believe in you. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on, Marshawn. I know it's just going to bless all of our listeners so much. You are the absolute best, and I'll probably be texting you tomorrow. Let's be real. (laughs) I always need my Marshawn wisdom. (laughs) Thanks for being on, girl. Thank you. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. This show is a part of the Lasting Media Network and produced by John Fender, Jason Barrett, and Jonas Litton with the help of Jackson Willis. Visit lastingmediagroup.com to learn more. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart 
faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.